God is not a God of disorder or confusion, but is the God of peace. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning stars rise in your hearts. You are tuning into the Tribe of Christians podcast with host Brandon Dawson, the chief sinner, bringing you a peace of mind, clarity, insight, and perspective to the world you live in by the word of God, featuring the latest updates on end time prophecy news. Don't, Don't forget, forget to subscribe to the, to the Tribe of Christians, Christians broadcast, either on Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Facebook, or YouTube at tribeofchristians.com. Without further ado, here is your host and teacher, The Chief Sinner. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Tribe of Christians podcast. I am your host and teacher, Brandon Dawson. I've got several incredible revelations about what's going on behind these violent riots and why the Lord is allowing these things to ravage our cities straight from a prophetic perspective right out of the Bible. It's going to blow away any narratives out there and I'm going to explain the chain of events detail by detail and what they all mean. Everything that is happening now is not an accident. It's not a coincidence. It's not a series of bad luck. Within three months since the month of March, we have experienced a global pandemic, a national and global economic recession, and now a national civil unrest all across the nation. And this isn't even the end of it. Unfortunately, there is a whole lot more to come. Now, our nation has never experienced anything of this magnitude and of this severity in such a short time span. We have faced pandemics. We have faced economic recessions and depressions. We have faced civil unrest as well as a civil war, rather it be national or global. We have faced all of these things before, but we have never faced all of them at the same time in such severity and grave consequences. And none of those events have ever unfolded in a very detailed and specific pattern right down to the T, like what we're witnessing right now. Now, these events are occurring in a very specific prophetic pattern, in a very well-known pattern. Coronavirus, economic downfall, civil unrest, each of them in the order as they have occurred speaks a very alarming, but yet a very precise, specific message. Now, I say this in literally every single podcast message that I do, that not only is there no such thing as a coincidence, but it is never a matter of if God is speaking, but rather what is God speaking? Because God is always speaking. We just don't recognize it. And right now, God is speaking louder than he has ever spoken to our present time and generation. This nation is shaking right now greater than any earthquakes we've ever experienced, and the consequences have been extremely overwhelming. There is absolutely no way that we can misunderstand or underestimate what is occurring. Coronavirus has has had a deadly consequence in the tens of thousands across our nation. 
The economic fallout has resulted in millions of job losses with historic unemployment numbers that we, have, we haven't ever seen since the Great Depression. And we've lost billions and trillions of dollars in the stock market. And now, violent riots have ravaged throughout major cities across the United States, triggered by the very tragic and unfortunate death of Floor George, that have destroyed cities, businesses, communities, and livelihoods. Now, none of this is a coincidence. None of this is by accident. And everything that is occurring is by a divine, biblical, prophetic pattern. And so accurate, so precise, and it's found in Revelation chapter 6 concerning the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, before I get into this, I want to specifically and very intentionally state here that what is happening right now is not... The apocalypse. I say again, it is not the apocalypse. It is not the end times. And these events are not the breaking of the seven seals, which are found in Revelation chapter 6. And I'm going to get into that. I'm going to explain in detail why it isn't. And however, there is most certainly a prophetic pattern which is occurring right now. And it's following a very specific pattern, which is after Revelation chapter 6. And it also tells us. What is about to happen next, and why God has ordained these events to occur? Now, in the very last two messages I gave, I spoke specifically about the prophetic significance of the coronavirus. March 5th of last year, 2019, right after New York passed the late-term abortion, the Lord gave me a very strong prophetic warning that judgment would fall on New York and on the nation for what has happened and it revealed to me that judgment would occur within one year. Now, in the first message that I gave, I talked specifically about that word and how the Lord is using the events of the coronavirus to serve as a sign, a warning, a prelude to judgment in order to give people time to flee and get out of New York. That word is published on our website about judgment coming to New York, both in the written form and in the podcast, as well as also in our, on our YouTube pages, our website, and on our Facebook page. Now, I would encourage you to read it, to go back and listen to it, especially listen to our past two previous messages I gave concerning coronavirus. Now, in my last message, I revealed the positive prophetic implications that these events would have. I showed how the financial markets would turn to favor the poor. I showed how the economy and the job market would open up and favor entry-level and blue-collar positions. I also revealed how these shifts are occurring in the markets and in the jobs, which would influence a transition in anointing to take place in the church. Now, a lot of things are going on with this. And if you want to read more about what's going on specifically with that transition at Flip, you can also find that prophetic word, which is called Kingdom Passing from Saul to David. I also did a specific podcast message on that as well. Now, however, despite being given that prophetic word over a year ago that judgment was coming, I wasn't shown exactly how it would happen. I've only seen the consequences, the aftermath, and I was shown that it would happen within one year. Now, it wasn't until the riots began to occur that the Lord gave me the revelation and the details where I gained a much greater understanding and a perspective 
as to what is occurring and even the last events which is about to occur. Now, what happened with Floor George is an absolute tragedy. It was wrong. It was unethical. It was immoral. And there is no way, shape, or form to justify what those Minneapolis police officers did to him, resulting in his death. And I'm glad to see that all four of those officers have not only been fired, but they've also been arrested and charged with second and third degree murder as well as manslaughter. Now, this is most certainly a clear problem with police abuse of power, with police brutality. And it isn't clear if this was racially motivated or not, but it reveals that there is at least still a fight against racism. It still is happening regardless of race or ethnicity. That being said, the chain of events that have conspired from Floyd is a prophetic event that is greater than the concerns of any kind of political agenda, greater than the threats of police brutality, and more credible than the issues of a corrupt media. All of these things and all these events are being used for a purpose of judgment and prophetic significance. No way, shape, or form does God condone or say that it is lawful to loot, to rob, to steal, or to commit violence. And in no way, shape, or form am I saying that what these people are doing is right because it's absolutely evil, it's wicked, it's hypocritical, and it does absolutely no justice for the death of Lord George. However, there are many cases and examples throughout the entire Bible where looting and rioting occurs which God has used as a form of judgment of sin. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 14. But the women, children, livestock, and whatever else is in the city, all its spoils, you may take as plunder, and you shall use the spoil of your enemies that the Lord your God gives you. In the book of Joshua, when Joshua led Israel through the conquest of Canaan, God caused the Israelites to not only destroy their enemies, but to also loot and plunder them. Now, the reason being is because not only were the Canaanites absolutely evil and they were wicked and sinful, but also one of the biggest differences between the Canaanites and Israel is that the enemies throughout Canaan all had kings and governments in which their kings were worshipped as God and their governments were idol systems. Israel did not have a king, and they did not have a government or a hierarchy system. Their leader was God, and there was no hierarchy system in Israel. God held the entire nation of Israel accountable as one. 24. Who handed Jacob over to become Luke in Israel to the plunderers? Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned? For they would not follow his ways, and they did not obey his law. Take a look at Jeremiah 30, verses 16 and 17. They're in the time of the events of the Babylonian captivity of Israel and the destruction of the first temple. The Lord said to Israel, Therefore, all those who devour you shall be devoured, and all of your adversaries, every one of them, shall go into captivity. Those who plundered you shall become plundered. All who prey upon you, I will make a prey. For I will restore health to you. Into your wounds, says the Lord, because they called you an outcast, saying, This is Zion, and no one seeks her. Now, God used looting and plundering of the Babylonians against Israel as a form of judgment because of Israel's idolatry. Now, however, God is a just God, and what he brought upon Israel through the Babylonians, he also brought 
brought on the Babylonians through the Persian Empire. God did exactly to Babylon what he did to Israel. Now also take a look at Ezekiel's prophecy against Tyre, a city and government system who became prideful. In Ezekiel 26.12, it says, They will plunder your wealth and loot your merchandise. They will break down your walls and demolish your fine houses and throw your stones, timber, and rubble into the sea. Massive looting and plundering are forms of judgment against governments and idolatry. Now, I'm not saying that our own citizens are our enemies. I cannot compare the just looting of Israel through their conquest of Canaan to the unjustly and criminal looting that's occurring here in the United States. But what is clear to me is that the riots that have unfolded here, the looting, isn't just acts of lawlessness. It isn't just tyranny. It isn't just protests or an outcry for justice. This is also a divine biblical judgment being carried out across this nation. Now, the same as coronavirus. God used plagues in the book of Exodus against the Egyptian government as judgment for oppressing his people, the Israelites, until they were released. God also used plagues against King David in 1 Chronicles 21. He also recorded in 2 Samuel 24. I talked specifically about that in the last two podcast messages concerning coronavirus. And in the book of Revelation, the ten plagues will be poured out over the entire earth because of their idolatry and their worship of the beast and his government system. Plague is another form of judgment in which God uses against governments and nations who fall into idolatry. Famine, or famine and economic hardship are another form of judgment in which God also uses against governments and nations when they fall into idolatry. There was a very severe famine that hit the land of Canaan three times, first in Abraham's time, then Isaac, and also in Jacob, causing the 12 sons to flee to Egypt for refuge. And there's another reminder that salvation is only found in the Lord. When we rely on our governments for rescue versus repenting and turning to the Lord, we will find ourselves under severe oppression and enslavement from those we put our trust in, which is exactly what is occurring in liberal democratic cities all across this nation. It is pure tyranny. And when states across the United States went under lockdown during the coronavirus, the people in the United States, especially the churches, got a hard glimpse into what tyranny looks like when you surrender your freedoms and your rights to the government rather than serving God. And that's what's happened in places like New York and Detroit and Chicago, L.A. Every single one of these uh, cop brutalities and these shootings that have happened happen all in these liberal, democratic-controlled cities that have like this militarized police forces. Now, you can't blame conservatives. You can't blame Republicans. You can't blame racism. What is occurring with police abuse of power and police brutality is happening as a result of the worship and the idolatry of liberalism and government. And that is why everything that is happening right now is happening. And unfortunately, it is going to get much worse until these communities and these people in these liberal cities Stop worshiping liberalism and stop relying on the government and they turn to Christ. They're enslaving themselves. 
And I believe when New York passed the late term abortion law, that was the final tipping point for the Lord. That was that was it. That's where he said enough is enough and their sins and their idolatry has reached its fullness. And now the our entire nation is paying for it. Now, Revelation chapter 6 is where we see a series of seven seals that are opened by the Lamb of God, who is Jesus. And he opens these seals, which are a series of judgments, which result in further judgment being poured out upon the earth. Of the seven seals, the very first four of the seals bring the four horsemen known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, as I mentioned before, we are not witnessing the apocalypse or the end times. Not yet, anyways. But what we are witnessing is a prophetic pattern, a parallel, a very specific divine ordained pattern, which is imitated based off of Revelation 6. Now, prophetic patterns occur consistently over and over throughout the entire Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. God uses them in these parallels. The same patterns as before throughout seasons and times. Ecclesiastes 1.9, the Bible tells us that what has happened before will happen again, and what has been done before will be done again, and there's nothing new under the sun. These, and these are patterns, and there are patterns and foreshadows that occur that are imitating the judgment periods of the end times, just as much as there are patterns of foreshadowing of the Savior throughout the entire Old Testament that imitated Christ. So the order and the pattern that we are seeing right now is in alignment according to the idolatry of government systems and judgment periods as consequence. Now, I also want to note here that it is not a sin to have a government because we know that according to the Bible, God has indeed ordained government on earth. Daniel 2.21 says that he changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. However, it is a sin to place governing authorities above God. And when a government and its people enact laws that contradict God's laws going against the Bible, now that is a sin. And when people begin to rely upon the government as an idol, and that's sin as well. So what God does is God will use these governments as a form of judgment against themselves. They become forms of judgment rather than deliverance. And as I mentioned the examples of Egypt before, when Israel became reliant and they became dependent upon Egypt and where they had an idolatry system, which began to occur. And that's when Israel began to, or that's when Egypt began to enslave Israel. However, God did not leave Israel enslaved. And just throughout many instances throughout the entire Bible, during the times of the Great Depression and sin, God provided not only justice, but he also provided resolution and salvation. We see that throughout the book of Judges. Now, Revelation chapter 6 begins with four seals in which only the Lamb of God is worthy to open. And this is important to note because God through Jesus is the only one without sin whom died for sin, and he is justified to save as well as justified to condemn. Now, the first horseman is on a white horse. Verse 2 There before me was a white horse, its rider held a bow and was given a crown. 
and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. This horseman represents not only government, but specifically of the Antichrist and the beast system who subdues the entire world through a false beast treaty. Now, the second horseman is on a red horse in verse 4. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. This horseman causes civil unrest and chaos. The third horseman is on a black horse, verse 5. And I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pale... uh, a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, two pounds of wheat for a day's wages and six pounds of barley for a day's wages and do not damage the oil and the wine. This horseman specifically affects economies and the finances. Now the fourth horseman is on a pale horse. Verse eight. I looked and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death and Hades was following close behind him. They were given the power of a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. This horseman causes plagues and diseases resulting in death. So, in their order, you have the white horse, who is a conqueror, the second red horse, who takes peace from the earth through civil unrest, Third is the black horse who affects the economy and the finances. In the final, the fourth is the pale horse who brings plague and disease. Now, in the past three months, in order, in their order, we have seen plague, economic hardship, and civil unrest, each of them coinciding with the events of the four horsemen. However, rather than being in the order of one, two, three, four, through Revelation 6, the pattern that we are seeing is backwards. It's in order from 4, 3, 2, and then 1 has not happened yet. Now, the order in which things are unfolding right now tells us six precise things. Six things. Now, number one, it tells us that it's a divine prophetic pattern. Number two, it tells us that it's a series of judgments. Number three, it tells us that it's not the apocalypse. Otherwise, it would be in the reverse correct order. Number four, it tells us that it's a countdown, which serves as a warning in a time frame. Number five, the most terrifying of them all, I believe, it tells us that war is coming. And not just a war, but I believe a nuclear attack, because the order is a countdown. Four, three, two, and then one. In any movie scenario, When you see a ticking clock counting down, what does that usually mean? It indicates a bomb is present or is about to go off. And then number six, it's a foreshadowing of the end times. It parallels the end times and tells us that the Bible has proven itself to be trustworthy and accurate. March of last year, when I published the prophetic word concerning judgment coming to New York, in that word, the Lord indicated that judgment would be coming through the form of water. And it's in the very last line, paragraph of that sentence. I'll read it to you. It says, For I have sent a sign to your shores to speak to you. Sand by the ocean erodes, but it is preserved in the wilderness. How can what has been removed 
be replenished if it is not taken from somewhere else. But who else will give to you to replenish since it quickly erodes? So I shall do to you what the sea does to the sand. For you have been like the sea, eroding all that I have sent. And see that I not leave any foundation left, or else you may build up again. Many people speculate and have prophesied for years, the past five, six, seven years, of having dreams of the East Coast, the Northeast Coast, being underwater by some sort of huge tidal wave, a tsunami, or some sort of nuclear attack. Now, you can go through YouTube, and when you search out prophecies concerning New York, you'll find thousands of people saying the very exact same thing. Even the well-known evangelist, prophetic teacher Perry Stone from Manifest recently posted a dream that he had occurring, seeing that water was taking the East Coast. Now here's where it gets really interesting, very interesting. And if you turn to Ezekiel chapter 27, verses 33 through 34, there is this prophecy that is a parallel, a parallel, a pattern, which resembles the prophetic word concerning New York. And it reads, You enrich the kings of the earth with your abundant wealth and merchandise, and you are now shattered by the sea and the depths of the water. Your wares, your wares and all your company have gone down with you. Now, in, the, in Bible prophecy, the sea symbolizes Gentile nations and tribulation. The nation of Tyre was located on a coastal island just off the coastline of Lebanon. And King Nebuchadnezzar laid siege to Tyre for 13 years. Alexander the Great led several conquests against Tyre until it was finally conquered by the Roman Empire, fulfilling Ezekiel's prophecy, Ezekiel 27, 33-34. And so it is so clear to me that there will be a nuclear attack or some sort of attack against New York which will either submerge it underwater and completely lay waste to it, resembling another form of 9-11 attack. One way or another, it will be so bad that the nation is not going to be able to rebuild from it, and it will fulfill the fourth event pattern after Revelation 6. Now, the white horseman in the end times is the Antichrist, and when he comes, the world will worship him and place him in his government first, he will be a form of judgment sent to lead the entire world astray through a lie resulting in further judgment being poured out upon the world. Now, 2 Thessalonians 2, 10-12 concerning the Antichrist and the spirit of lawlessness, which is happening right now, tells us that they will perish because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that there will be, or they will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. Second Thessalonians 2, 10 through 12, that prophecy by the Apostle Paul. It is a parallel and a foreshadowing of the end times. Now, we're already seeing this lawlessness being played out. The enemy is using the media to influence a lie, to persuade the masses. And God is allowing it to happen as a form of judgment and a way to influence prophetic fulfillment. So yes, I believe that this is a liberal democratic attempt to fraud a U.S. election. 
And when the Russian investigation failed, they tried to impeach. When the impeachment failed, they tried coronavirus. When coronavirus failed, they tried economic collapse. And when economic collapse did not work, they tried civil unrest. And once civil unrest fails, they will provoke this nation into war or a terrorist attack. Offer the power into fraud a U.S. election. And all of these things are being manipulated and controlled through the media, which is, again, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, which tells us that all this is for one singular purpose, to condemn those who have not believed in Christ, but rather believed in a lie. For the purpose of carrying out judgment for an idolatrous government. And another interesting prophetic foreshadowing is the events that unfold after three and a half years into the Antichrist reign or in 42 months is when judgments are poured out on the earth. When the Antichrist takes reign, he's ruling three and a half years into his reign is when God starts to pour out judgments. Now, President Trump took office of the President of the United States January of 2017. 42 months from that time frame or three and a half years would be July or June 2020. That is in two months, or that's this month, actually. And all this began in March, which was nearly three and a half years into the president's term. Now, President Trump is not the Antichrist. He acknowledges God. He has acknowledged Christ. He has enacted godly laws into order that support the Bible, and he struck down laws that go against the Bible. So it's a very clear indicator to me that Trump is obviously not the Antichrist. However, the abortion law, which was passed under his watch, and this president is also a very prideful president, but he loves God and he loves his nation, which is why this nation isn't being completely destroyed right now. It's just under a series of judgments that are geared to lead this nation into repentance. Now, after judgments were pronounced over a nation, God, in addition, always pronounced healing and a chance of repentance and forgiveness. There was always hope. It is not God's will for anybody to perish. And through this, I believe many people are going to turn back to him. Revivals are going to occur. Traditions will be forsaken. Anointings will flow. And it'll be the last great revival of our time until the end times are upon us. God is calling us to repent, to turn back to Him. He doesn't want any of these things or any of us to perish. Unfortunately, there are places and ideologies, these strongholds in this nation that have made it impossible for repentance without judgment. And I wish that there was any other way. But the Bible tells us that where there is no revelation, no prophetic vision, that people perish. And it also tells us when God's judgments are upon the earth, people learn righteousness. We need to be in prayer that there are people that will believe this message because war is indeed coming. It's the last of the four horsemen, the last of the four judgments. And they're going to see and recognize these signs. We need to pray that they will see it and understand it, that the revelation of the Spirit will work that there are those like me who are already setting up a response, preparation for when the final event occurs. We need God more than ever, and we will need each other more than ever. So we need to be in prayer 
that there are people that will believe this message, that they will see and recognize the signs, that there are those who are also like me who are already setting up a response preparation for when this final event occurs. We will need God more than ever, and we need each other more than ever. It's not over yet. It's not the end yet. And as long as we have Christ, as long as we have the Holy Spirit, and as long as we have His Word, and that we are willing, we will be saved. For all those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this is what it's all about, the one out of the 99. There are people that God wants to reach. There are cities that God wants to save. And there is still much work to be done. But we have to turn from our ways or we're going to perish. God gave Jonah a prophetic warning to the people of Nineveh, the very heart of the Assyrian Empire, a call to repentance or to be destroyed. He gave them 40 days. That's all they had. And yet they listened and they repented and they were spared for over 20 more years, 20 to 40 more years. They were spared. We have had over 200 years as a nation. So may we heed the warning, may we believe in order that we'll not perish, but be saved. Now, dear Heavenly Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your son Jesus for dying on the cross and for forgiving us of our sins. Lord, I pray and I ask that those listening will hear and believe in you and that we will turn from our wicked ways and will be healed. Lord, I pray that this message is carried far and across that we we may reach as many people as possible may our nation turn back to you and in jesus name that i pray amen now you can find more great teachings just like this one on our website at tribeofchristians.com now if you would like to receive a copy of this message please get in touch with me so i can mail it out to you Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to get further messages and to help us spread the gospel message. This concludes our message. I am the Chief Center with the Tribe of Christians, and may God bless you and be with you always.